Good morning. We are happy for all of you that are with us here today, just watching this wherever you might be. I'd like for us to bow our head and pray and ask God to bless the word of God here this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your blessings, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon your people. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of living for you and walking with you. We ask you to bless everyone who is under the sound of my voice here this morning. Let your hand be upon their lives. Go in in the homes, wherever they might be. Touch their lives, touch their hearts, touch families. Bless us all, Lord, for we are totally dependent upon you. We are not, Lord, in ourselves and of ourselves, but we are of you and we belong to you. We are your people. We are called by your name. We belong unto you, Jesus. We love you with all of our heart. Bless thy word. Bless this time together. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. And I have a Bible study that I think will be very interesting to all of us here today. And I want to talk to you some about end time happenings because I think that we are seeing signs to let us know that it's time for the Lord to come back for his church. We're nearing the end time of this dispensation of time, and the Lord has given us a lot of instructions, a lot of things to look for to understand the hour and the day and the time in which we're living. I'm going to read a scripture here from Matthew chapter 24 and verse 2 and 3, where the apostles ask Jesus about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem back whenever he was in his earthly ministry. He was coming to the close of that period of time. And uh, they had showed him the temple in that day. It was called Herod's Temple. And uh, Jesus said these words to them in verse 2. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things, speaking of the temple and the temple mount and the beauty of it and Jerusalem and all of those things? And they were on the Mount of Olives looking at it. And Jesus said, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Well, those were quite interesting words that he said. And uh, goes on to say here, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, which was across from the Temple Mount, the disciples said to him privately, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world or of the end of the age. The word world here refers to the age or the period of time that is in reference here to that. So they ask him, what shall be these things, meaning the destruction of the temple? So there were two major questions here. And that was, when will the temple be destroyed? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age in which you have come to bring uh, joy and peace and uh, salvation to the people that would believe on you? And so Jesus went on to tell them, that they could look for certain signs and things. I want to talk to you about these signs today. I think it's important for us to understand that. In verse 6, he says, And it shall come, uh, and, and ye shall hear of wars 
and rumors of wars. Now I'm in Matthew 24, 6. And see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In other words, there are still things to happen. He went on to say in verse 7, nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes, and in diverse places, and then he goes on to say, all these things are the beginning of all of these sorrows that's coming on the earth. Verse 14, this is an added thing that he added to that, to say that the gospel then therefore would be preached in all the world. And he says in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now we know that the gospel has gone forth from Jerusalem and from uh, Palestine, the early church period of time, into all the world today over a period of 2,000 years. And the gospel is spread all across the world in nations all over the world. And whenever that is finally finished according to God's divine plan, then he said, it's up, it's time. Uh, the time of the Gentiles is over with. It's time now, praise the Lord, for me to go back and to be with my people and see them. Jesus had made promises to them that he was going to go away and he would come back again. This is a scripture found in St. John 14 in verse 2. I go to prepare a place for you and then in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And I want you to notice here that the Lord made this promise to them in that 14th chapter. He made it to them all through the gospel. He said, I'm going to go away and I will come again to receive you unto myself. In the first chapter of the book of Acts, when Jesus ascended into heaven, after the disciples were standing there looking up, they noticed there were two men standing by them, the Bible says, in white apparel. This means they were probably angels, I'm sure they were, standing there. And these two angels said to these disciples, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into the heavens? The same Jesus that you see go away into the heavens shall so come again in like manner. So what we're pointing out to you here is that the promise of Jesus and his coming back has been promised in the word of the Lord, and the Lord has let us know that he will fulfill everything that he said he would do. Praise the Lord. So it goes on to say here in this, I'm going back to Matthew 24, and I'm looking here in verse 33. So likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. It's time for the Lord to come back is what he was saying. Look at verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven. Nobody knows when he's coming back, but my father only. Nobody knows when the Lord's coming back. It says the same thing in verse 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. When he's coming back. All we know is that there are signs and that these signs will let us know that it's time for the Lord to come back. I'm going to talk to you about some of these signs in just a moment. In verse 44, he says, Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. 
In, verse, in chapter 25 and verse 13, he says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. All of these are verses that saying that nobody knows the day nor the hour. Let me say one thing here before I go any further. And that is that when people start predicting times, is he's going to come such and such a year. He's going to come such and such a day. He's going to come such and such an hour. They don't know what they're talking about because the Bible has already established the fact that nobody knows. And they never will. If anyone ever says, oh, the Lord's coming back such and such a time, just go to your calendar and mark it and say, the Lord is not coming back here because nobody knows the day nor the hour. So we're just giving you this, uh, this uh, understanding that when people start trying to tell you when he's coming back, they don't really know. But we know by the signs of things. We know by the signs. Uh, these scriptures here let us know that there shall be in the last day, there'll be false words. I'm going to put this on the overhead here so we can uh, see it. And uh, let me get this focused. Hang on a second. Signs of, the, uh, signs of his coming. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. That's Matthew 24. We just talked about it. There will be false Christs that will begin to say, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Messiah. And we've seen some of that even in our, even in our generation. Famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. Matthew 24, 7 talks about them. Men shall be lovers of themselves, proud, disobedient, unthankful, unholy, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This is found in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. These are all characteristics of our day. And I want you to notice here that the characteristics that's mentioned in 2 Timothy, that we'll be lovers of themselves, proud, disobedient, lovers of God, and, uh, more than lovers of God. This is a sort of an attitude that they have today. Their people are proud of themselves. They're disobedient. They're unthankful. Can I just say one thing here? I think this is a characteristic that's really fallen upon America that is bad. And that is being unthankful for God's great grace and mercy and goodness to us. We in America are a very blessed people. And we should understand that God, praise the Lord, really loves us. And that he has done many great things for us. And that we should be very thankful for all the things that God has done. Every night when we go to bed, we ought to say, Jesus, I thank you for your many blessings upon us. Thank him for your home. Thank him for your family. Thank him for the automobile you drive. Thank him for the roof over your head. Thank him for the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back. Thank him for your job. Thank him for everything you can. Thank him for our government uh, that's always been one that's of the people and by the people and for the people. I just say all of this because God has been very good to us, especially if we live here in America. So I'm just telling you here that being unthankful is a characteristic of the day and the hour and time in which we live. I want to go a little bit further here and just say to you also that the signs of the coming of the, of the Lord is also things that happen outside of just our own characteristics. There are other things that will happen, things in the world. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And I'll go ahead and just 
uh, look for at a couple of other things here. He talks about as it was in the days of Noah. This is very important right here. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage right up until the day that Noah entered into the ark. I'm going to say one word about this. Noah's ark was being built, and they knew it was being built because Noah told the people, God is going to send a flood. And they said, a flood? We don't believe that. Ah, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. And unbelief filled their hearts on the word of God. And when Noah was all through with it, then the Lord put Noah and his family in the ark. Or put, they opened the door. They went in. And all the animals that God sent in, two by two, went into the ark. And the, the, the ark was full. And then the door stood open for seven days. It was a time of grace and mercy from God to the people. Let me just say this here today. We are nearing the coming of Jesus and the time when the Lord will say that the time and age for people to be saved is coming to a close. He's going to catch his people home. I'll talk to you in a few moments about the coming of the Lord in that respect. But that period of time, praise the Lord. That door was wide open for them to go in and be saved. For seven days, the Lord left the door open for them. And I want to tell you here today, today the door is wide open. Amen. It's time for the Lord to come. Most things are being fulfilled right now. Things are beginning to happen. The Bible talks about seas roaring. That's tsunamis. That's about uh, the tidal waves crashing in on the edge of a shore and wiping out buildings for, I don't know, a half a mile or whatever the distance is. It talks about earthquakes. These things are beginning to happen. And it talks about pestilence. We're beginning to see some of that today. I'm going to read an article to you here in a few moments. But all these things are to let us know that we are approaching the end time and the time of the coming of the Lord. And so the Lord wants us to be saved. It's time to get right. It's time to get ready. It's time to meet the Lord whenever he comes. Now, I want to uh, read an article to you that uh, recently was sent to me. This happened just a couple of weeks, about a month ago. This is happening right now, and it just started happening about a month ago in East Africa. This is called the Locust Decimate Crops in East Africa. It's a, uh, a paper I've received information about it. I'm going to read a few things just here to let you know what's happening in Eastern Africa or East Africa, I guess is the right way to say it. But it says hundreds of billions of these uh, desert locusts are now invading Eastern East Africa. They can travel up to 94 miles a day. And they are the most destructive migratory pests in the world. And they, uh, they will cover an area of one and a half square miles. And in that one and a half square miles, that will be 40 to 80 million of these locusts. And they are consuming everything that they light on. They swarm so thick, they don't bite people. They don't mess with people. All, they may be in front of your face. They won't hurt you. But they lead up everything that's vegetation. And uh, they consume their weight in vegetation every day. Every day they consume their weight. And they can eat the same amount of food in, 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 in one day that 35,000 people can consume in one day. 
So I'm just telling you here the seriousness of this plague. Uh, they pose a serious threat to both crops and grazing land. The worst of the outbreak, outbreak may be yet to come, as being spoken of here by the writer of this article. It goes on to say the countries that's being affected the most by it is Ethiopia, Somalia, and Kenya. And that these locusts, these desert locusts, uh, can go into a farmer's field in the morning and by midday, not in the evening, but midday, there is nothing left in that field. They just consume everything. They're also in South Sudan, Uganda, and Tanzania. These other countries are in East Africa. And the worst of the outbreaks may be yet to come. And even Israel today is concerned because when they have devoured Everything green in Eastern Africa, they will move into the, up into the Middle East, and they are very concerned about all these things. It says here, by June, the writer here fears that these locusts will have increased their numbers 400-fold. The UN, United Nations has warned of a looming catastrophe. So I'm only telling you all of this to let you understand here that this is a plague that's happening right now, and it's going on, but we hear a little, very little about it because of the, uh, the, coronavi the, the corona coronavirus that we are uh, experiencing here in America and all over the world right now that's got all of our attention. So I'm just telling you here that these things that are in the world and on the stage of the earth right now are things to let us know that it's coming close to the time of the coming of the Lord. And the Lord said that if it's the time for him to come, it's time to be saved. Now, I have a timeline chart here that I want to go over with you and show you some things about where we are in the time and age and the day in which we're living. I have it put it on, I put it on the screen here, and I'm just going to go through it very slowly here and explain it to you. But this is the Old Testament here. This is from Adam, the first man, unto Calvary, the coming of Jesus Christ. Everything that we date from back, from here back, we refer to it as B.C., before Christ. Everything that's from this date following, we refer to it as A.D., and of course, Calvary, and then this goes on to the coming of the Lord. Now, that Old Testament period of time, it was about 1,500 years until the flood, and then the Noah's flood after that period of time, it was another 500 years to Abraham's time. Abraham lived 2,000 B.C. or 2,000 years before Christ and about 2,000 years after Adam. And then from Abraham's time right on up until the coming of Jesus is another period of about 2,000 years. Everything is about and uh, so forth. Moses was about 500 years after Abraham. And he was 1,500 years, of course, before Calvary. When Jesus came, he came as what in our calendar system today, what we know of as around zero date. He came and he lived on this earth uh, and uh, once began his ministry at the age of 30 and was crucified in 33 and a half years old. And then rose from the dead 40 days later and ascended into heaven. And then the Holy Ghost was poured out. The Holy Spirit of God was poured out upon the people that began to seek his face, his disciples, and they began to be the early church, and they began to preach the gospel. Now, we symbolize the church age as being the seven golden candlesticks because this is the way it's symbolized 
in the first chapter, the second chapters, even first, second, and third chapters of the book of Revelation. It talks about the seven churches of Asia. And these seven churches represents the church age. And so here is that church age period of time that's lasted for 2,000 years. It began in Jerusalem and it spread from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. It's gone all over. Paul preached all over his then known world. It's been gone, it has gone forth all over the world since that period of time. In this last day, since around 1900, the gospel through the outpouring of God's spirit has begun to spread throughout all this world in a very great and mighty way. And so the world is being reached by the gospel. So we know that we're coming close to the end of this church age period of time. Now, there's a scripture in Hosea 6.2 that says, After two days, the Lord will revive Israel. After two days. Now, we know that's not a 24-hour day. And when he talks about reviving Israel, he's referring to the time that Israel in 70 A.D. had their temple, their city, and their Jerusalem all destroyed. And the temple was destroyed, and the people of God, the, the Jews at that time, were scattered throughout the whole world, and they were sold as slaves. That was actually about uh, 1,200,000 Jewish people that were killed by the Romans and by others at that time. So these people were scattered throughout the world. That's why there are Jews all over the world today, and they're still there from this scattering. Well, the Lord says, one day I'm going to bring them back to Israel. And so we know that that time is coming to, to, to fruition. And the Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. And so we know that that day means that it's time for the church to be taken away. So there are scriptures here to let us know that it's time for the Lord to come back. Now, on this chart I'm showing you here, after the church age, when we come to the time in which we're seeing all of these signs and these things that are letting us know, that it's time for Jesus to come back. One day he'll come. One day he'll come. We don't know when it'll be. It'll just happen. One, one night, a mother will put her children to bed, and they'll say, Mommy, I'm hungry. And she'll say, Honey, don't worry about it. You'll be okay. In the morning, uh, we'll eat. And then she goes into her own room, goes lays down to her bed. Maybe she's a, a widow woman. Maybe she's got two children, three children, four children. Well, I don't know. I'm just using an illustration. Who knows where it will be in the world, something like this. And she'll lay down in her bed and lay on her back, and she'll say, God, I don't know where the food is coming from in the morning. She'll cry, and tears will run out of her eyes, down into her ears. And she'll lay there, and she'll cry herself to sleep, not knowing where the next meal is coming from and how she's going to feed her family the next day. This will, this will be one day like this. But Jesus will come before morning comes. It'll be in the middle of the night in some places. It'll be early in the morning in other places. It'll be in noontime in other places. It'll be in the evening times. That's why that Jesus said that some two will be grinding in the mill. That's what they do. Uh, in the morning. Two would be working in the fields. That's what they do in the middle of the day. Two in the bed sleeping. That's what they do in the middle of the night. The old timers used to wonder, 
Well, when will Jesus come? What day, I mean, what time of the day will it be? Because it's got all kind of times of the day here. He will circle the globe, but it will be one time in one place, another pla time in another place, but he'll just simply circle that globe, and all of these things will be happening, and Jesus will call his people home. And here will be that woman that I give you as a, just as a uh, hypothetical illustration. Uh, she will say, I don't know how I'm going to feel, but the next morning, they will go with Jesus, we'll all rise to meet him in the air, and there will be no more hunger, no more tears, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more pain. We'll be with Jesus, and so shall we ever be with him. So, meaning, wherever he is, we'll be with him, praise the Lord. And I want to tell you, folks, it's a great, wonderful hope that we have if we were, or if we were going to be with Christ at that time. So I just want to encourage you here to walk with God and serve the Lord. Now... If we miss the rapture, this is what the rapture is all about right here. And we know that it's close to that. This is the year 2020. And uh, so we're getting close to the coming of the Lord. We know it's at the door. And when you see all these signs, know that it's close and it's happening. And following that, there's going to be a tribulation period. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. It tells you about all the terrible things coming on the earth. There's going to be severe earthquakes. There's going to be severe, severe tidal waves. There's going to be happenings like you wouldn't believe. There's going to be uh, bombardment of the earth by comets coming out, of the, by coming out of the sky. They call them falling stars. Stars falling upon the earth. There'll actually be, uh, there will be uh, meteorites bombarding the earth and hitting the earth. I'm just telling you that so that these things are all coming our way. But the Lord does not want you to be here. He said that if we walk with God and serve the Lord, that we shall be spared all of this wrath of God that's going to come on the earth. So these will be things that will happen during the tribulation period, and God will send his judgments and his, these things upon the earth. Sometimes we'll talk about what's in the book of Revelation. We'll give you some chapters, verses about it. It tells all about it. But we are not there. We are right here. If I could put my pen right here before the guy going up. And the one going up it simplifies the rapture of the church. And we are right here before that. Thank God. Anybody can be saved. The whole, the whole door is wide open. The whole door of salvation. Nobody has to say, well, I'm going to squeak through the door. No, no, it's wide open. You can be saved. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I want to be saved. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be yours. I want to be your child. I want to belong to you and be obedient to the word of God and believe the word. Believe the word. You got to believe it, folks, with all of your heart. You got to believe in the word of God. And without believing, we are nothing because believing is our faith. It's the beginning of our faith to just believe the word itself. And then by believing his words, what he taught, what he said, what he instructed us to do. And if we'll be obedient to what he said, the Lord will make us to be his child and we will belong to him and we'll be a child of the Lord. Then when the rapture takes place, the dead in Christ we shall rise. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Well, we have to be in Christ. And the Bible tells us, you know, that we have to belong to him. I've already talked to you about that. But after that is that great tribulation period. Then after a short period, now, this is a 2,000-year period. This little period right here actually is only about, I would guess, to be about 10 years. Some say 14, some say 7. 
I don't know. It's, 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 this is a period we don't know. Nobody knows. If we knew that, we could more pinpoint where the rapture was going to take place, but we don't know that. So it's the fact that this is all an unknown situation here. We don't know. We do know that there's coming an army again where that Jesus, who comes back for his church here, will come back with his church here. And the Bible says here he will come in the clouds, will rise and meet the Lord in the clouds. The Lord never touches the earth. He comes in the clouds, will rise and meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with him. And then after this tribulation or this period of wrath of God, then God will come back with his church at Armageddon. And this is spoken of, you know, in the scriptures in the, in extensively about the Lord coming back. Uh, there's in Israel, there's a valley called the Valley of Armageddon. It's called that. And uh, that valley is, uh, is where this is. It means the mountains of Megiddo. And Megiddo is a town that is in northern Israel, is, is parts of Galilee and so forth. So here is, uh, this is the Lord coming back for his church, uh, coming back with his church. And the Bible said he will come with 10,000s of his saints. So we will come with the Lord at that time. And at that time, the Lord will come back. This time he comes back to the earth. He puts his foot down, praise the Lord, right where he ascended up. That first chapter of the book of Acts. As you see him go away, those angels told the disciples, as you see him go away, so shall he come in like manner. Jesus will come back and put his foot right down on that very spot there on the Mount of Olives on the east side of the Temple Mount. And when he does, it's going to split open. This is all recorded in Zechariah chapter 14. I could talk to you about that. That's a great Bible lesson in itself. But I'm just giving you a heads up here of all these things here that the Bible talks about coming to pass. And then God is going to set up on the earth a thousand years of peace. That you and I will be, have a glorified body like as unto his glorified body. Now what is that like? It's not this earthly body. It will never die. It'll be a body like unto Jesus' glorified body. Jesus died on the cross. He rose the third day. He had a resurrected body on this earth, so he appeared unto men. And then he, rose, he ascended into heaven, and he has a glorified body. We, the Bible says we do not yet know how we, how we shall appear, but we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll have a glorified body. Another scripture says we'll have a glorified body like as unto his glorified body. And I just want to tell you here today that God has great things planned for his people. If you're a child of God, hold on. If, you're a, if you are a person who is trying to go to heaven and live right, do right, you keep on walking with God. Get as close to God as you can. Obey the word. Believe it with all your heart. And Jesus will never fail you. And one of these days we'll hear the trumpet sound and we'll rise and meet the Lord in the air. And we'll have eternal life. There will be never any more dying. No more dying. No more crying. No more pain. No more suffering. No more tears. All of that will all be taken away. And it will be joy with the Lord forever and ever. God has promised that to us. And we'll be even greater than the angels. Our position will be even greater than that of the angels that the Lord has created. Because we will have passed the test having lived in this life and choosing Jesus Christ to be our Savior when he came to save us and, and, and to end this world. So I just want to let you know here that this is the greatest thing that has ever come our way. And Jesus wants every one of us to be saved. Don't miss what he has for us. Walk with God. Trust God. Live for him. Be his child. 
And I want you to know, praise the Lord, that he will never fail us in any kind. Let me talk to you just a few minutes here. We know these things are coming and we know these things are beginning to happen in the world and there will be more of them. But let me just talk to you a little bit. This is the hour of salvation. If there's ever been a time to get saved, it's get to get saved now. <clears throat> the door is wide open. The Lord wants you to be saved. He referred to uh, Lot, the nephew of, of, uh, of Abraham, who went to Sodom and Gomorrah, to refer to them as well as to Noah and the ark. And he says, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, Sodom that rained down fire and brimstone right on the city. In other words, every day was going on like it was an ordinary day, and then all of a sudden it happened. I'm just telling you here today that as the Lord approaches these hours, as our time approaches these hours, the Lord's coming is so very near at hand, and the Lord's coming is not very far away. So I want to just tell you here today, whatever your spiritual status is, get right with God. Get close to the Lord. If you have strayed away from the Lord, get God, uh, find a place to pray and kneel down and seek the Lord. The Bible says that we are saved by grace and that through faith. We're saved by grace. Grace is the unearned favor of God. We have not earned it. We have not, we have no rights to God's goodness and his mercy. God's grace is him going to Calvary. God's grace is that God came to this earth in the form of man and visited us and, and was with us. God's grace is that he died on Calvary for all of us that we might be saved. But we have to respond to that grace. His grace is his love that he extends toward us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So grace, praise the Lord, is that that comes from God and it comes our way, and it's God's goodness and mercy and kindness toward us. But we have to respond to that. So how do we respond to that? We respond to it by faith, that is, by believing. We respond to it by doing what the Lord said. And you, can do, you cannot keep the word of God without believing in the Lord. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It also says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So baptism, praise the Lord, is very essential there. Peter on the day of Pentecost, when he was preaching to the multitude, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's how sins are remitted. They're not just forgiven, but they are remitted. That means they're taken away. They're wiped away. The, 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 the slate's made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ that's shed, that's applied to our hearts by baptism. So when we believe and, we, and, and we're baptized, our sins are washed away. And then he goes on to say, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is promised unto you. The Holy Spirit, folks, we have a spirit in us. All of us have a spirit, but the Holy Spirit is God's spirit that can be given unto us in a measure. Everyone has a measure of his spirit. If we seek after him and his spirit will come inside. And when it does, we belong to him then. We are his. And whenever his spirit comes in us, it'll give us peace. It'll give us joy. It'll give us happiness. It'll give us contentment. You can lay down at night and go to sleep. And I encourage everyone who is under, under the sound of my voice, get 
in Christ and get Christ in you. Praise the Lord. You get in Christ by being baptized in his name in the water. And you get Christ in you by receiving his spirit inside of you. And I want to encourage everyone here that's listening to what I'm saying here today, this morning, that you will turn to the Lord and say, God, I want everything you've got for me. You may be someone who's straight away from God. The Lord wants you to come back home. You may be someone else that's sort of gotten a little bit cold in walking with God. God wants you to get on fire for him. He said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. He wants you to be on fire for him and love him with all of your heart and soul. And he'll keep his word. He'll keep his promises. And all these scriptures in the Bible here about his end time and his coming are given for us to know that it's time for him to come back. And when he comes back, he's coming back for a people who is looking for him and for his soon coming. Praise the Lord. And I I just want to let you know here, too, that he's promised that if his spirit is is in us, we belong to him. We belong to him. This is a scripture that's found in Romans uh, where it speaks about the Lord's presence and his power. And uh, it talks about his spirit being uh, if, if we have his spirit in us, we belong to him. And it says in Romans, I think it's uh, Romans uh, 9, uh, 8, I believe it is. Uh, I'm not sure. But it says that uh, without his spirit, we are none of his. Without his spirit, we're none of his. Another scripture says that if that spirit that was in Christ dwell in us, it shall also quicken our mortal body. In that same ninth chapter of Romans. So we have to have the spirit of God. We have to have the spirit to, be, to belong to him. And we have to have the spirit in us to be able to go in the rapture when Jesus comes back for his people. Praise the Lord. So we need the Holy Spirit inside of us. I encourage all of you to seek after this. Ask God to give it to you if you don't have it. Ask God to renew it in you if you've sort of grown cold in the Lord. But have that spirit inside of your heart and life and be walking with God so that when the trumpet sounds, we'll rise to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. God has great promises, promised to the church, and he'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us and he'll always be with us and he'll stand beside us and help us. So today I encourage everyone who might be listening to me to find a place to talk to God and to pray and to seek the face of the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you this phone number, and uh, if you would like, you can, you're welcome to call us. But you can call this church. Someone will come to your home and teach your home Bible study if you'd like to know more about salvation. You can call this number, area code 321-723-2030. Very simple. I'm going to say that again. That's area code 321 And then the phone number is 723-2030. And if you call that number, we'll send you a Bible study. They can come into your home, sit six feet away from you, and with a chart and diagrams show you uh, what the Lord would have you to do to be saved and teach you a lot of things, questions you may have about the Bible. They can answer those questions for you. So there are people that will come into your homes or... If you'd like to get material, if you'd like to get some brochures, if you'd like to just get some information 
about what must I do to be saved or what should I do to get closer to God or how can I get through the problems that I have. I want you to know that we have these things available for you and all you have to do is ask for them. Praise the Lord. Jesus loves you and he wants you to be saved and the Lord is coming back soon for his church. There is a scripture in the, the book of Second uh, Thessalonians that talks about the Lord coming back for his church. And I want you to know that he's coming back soon for his people. This is what it says. And I just want you to notice this very closely. It says, it's for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that's the word of God. That's also found in First, uh, uh, first Corinthians. Uh, and it speaks of the same thing to us in the word. I'm just telling you all of this to say, folks, today is a day of salvation. If you've ever thought about getting right with God, now's the time to do it. As you see all of these things happening, plagues and, uh, and the, the coronavirus going about, and there are other things that will begin to happen as well. And all these other signs that we talk to you about that's coming on the earth and people doing various things and, and all these, are, it, it's only a sign that Jesus is coming soon for his church. And I want to admonish you and encourage you here today, get close to God. Believe on the Lord. Believe on him. Believe his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will never pass away. And I want you to know you can trust it. You can stand on it. You can believe in it with all your heart. When those disciples asked Jesus, what's going to happen to this temple that we're looking at and that we're showing you how beautiful it is? And he said, not one stone shall be left upon another. That's exactly what happened in 70 AD. Everything Jesus told them would happen it happened, just like he said. And then he went on to tell him what would happen in the end time and at, and, and at his coming, which is where we are now. Just as that early uh, question, that first question was answered and it happened just like Jesus said, so will these things in the end time. He's given us signs that we might see them and look around us and read those signs and say, you know, it's time for the Lord to come and he has been very merciful to me. He's extended his grace to me. Now I must exercise my faith. I must say, Jesus, I believe. I want to be baptized. I want to receive your presence and your spirit. Lord, I want everything you have for me. I want to live for you. I want to walk with you. I want to be your child. And I promise you, folks, not only will you have eternal life, but in this life, You'll have protection, security, the blessings of God, the goodness of God, peace, happiness, satisfaction on the inside that nothing else can give you. It all comes through Jesus Christ. God bless you.